Support for this episode of the Creative City Podcast comes from Cormier Creative, a bright design studio. For more information, visit CormierCreative.com. Welcome to Creative City, the podcast that lets you listen in on my conversations with some of Cincinnati's most innovative and creative minds. For more information and to listen to previous episodes, please visit www.creativecitypodcast.com. Sign up for the newsletter for the latest updates and be sure to listen, rate and review on iTunes. Now let's get to it. Welcome to the Creative City Podcast. I'm your host, Tamia Stinson of thestylesample.com. And today I am here with illustrator Erin Barker. How are you doing, Erin? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the show. For sure. Thanks for coming down. So I really adore illustration, and I'm trying to figure out, I think the first time I actually met you face-to-face was at The Frock, maybe? Yeah, I But I'm so. almost positive that I seen your work or heard of you somehow before then, <laughs> but I just remember being really impressed that you designed their logo because I love that logo. I've always loved calligraphy and lettering. Actually, my first business was in fifth grade uh, <laughs> when I used to <laughs> charge my classmates 20 cents to hand letter the little signs that they put on the front wow. of their desks. <laughs> oh my goodness, you're such a little entrepreneur. <laughs> I was, I was, until I got beat out by the uh, Garbage Pail Kids cards, but that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> That's amazing. So I know how I got into appreciating illustration. How did you get into it? Well, my parents were both uh, artists. And so I grew up, my sister and I grew up in a very supportive artistic environment. They both, my parents both have their own graphic design business. And so growing up in that type of home environment where they had made art and design their source of income, Mm -hmm. they were incredibly encouraging to both my sister and I, who we have both gone into the design field. Really? What did your sister do? Yeah, my sister is a designer, and she's a videographer. Oh, cool. Yeah, she's a photographer. She's incredible. She does it all. Really, really awesome. (laughs) So for, for both of our parents to really push us into those artistic and not not having us shy away from those artistic endeavors was incredibly helpful for me as a kid. I remember loving as a child. I still remember and a lot of those illustrators were big our big influence continue to be big influences on my work today. So as, you know, a 3-year-old, a 5-year-old you know, reading a, a book by Tommy DePaula or Beatrix Potter, you know, those those illustrators are still heavily influential in my work today. Yeah, so it's like a sort of, almost like a, a subconscious influence at this 100%, point. 100%. Yeah. Definitely. I felt the same way when I thought back on my uh, extreme interest in the Babysitter's Club books. <laughs> oh, yeah. And <laughs> how I now choose to approach business in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Christy oh, yeah. was so right. <laughs> So much wisdom to be gleaned. (laughs) So if you're interested in art as a child, how did you move on and decide to make it a professional career for you? Well, I, I think I always knew that I wanted to be an artist. 
as a grown-up. Um, how, do, how does that work? I've I met, don't I've know. I've met several people who are like, oh, I always knew I wanted to blah, blah, blah. And I'm still out I here don't. like, I don't know, guys. <laughs> just kind of whatever. I did, you know, I did go through stints of wanting to be a professional uh Star like a singer, you know, oh, right? Okay, uh, or right. a. I think at one point I wrote down that I wanted to be a writer slash journalist. Oh, um, okay, that's which I definitely did not pursue, <laughs> <laughs> but that just sounded really uh, wonderful to me. Yeah, so in all in high school, um, I took art classes and wanted to pursue that. I also my other thing was I really loved musical theater. Uh-huh. So I did a lot of that in high school. Like 11th and 12th grade, I kind of toyed with the idea of maybe doing musical theater. Yeah. Um, but I think in the back of my head, I knew that I couldn't really make that a career. That's such a cutthroat, maybe not cutthroat isn't the right word. It's very so competitive. competitive yeah. Such a competitive world to be in. And I just can't handle that. So, yeah, always kind of knowing in my bones that I wanted to be an artist. So in college, then, I went to a liberal arts school, very tiny in Kentucky. It's called Asbury College. Asbury University now. Um, oh, they moved on yeah, up. Yeah, they did. Uh, upgraded. So I was a painting major, fine arts, and wasn't really sure which direction I wanted to go in. In terms of what type of art in you wanted to make? In terms of what type of art, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, as a 19-year-old, I had no idea. Oh, um, God, nobody knows. Yeah, nobody 19. does. Come on. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think over those four years, having a foundation of fine arts kind of, it gave me a really, really good background for my illustration today. In terms um, of teaching you technique? Yeah, and technique. And, yeah, um, looking back on, like, work in high school that I thought was really good at the time, which, is you know, it's a good sign whenever you go back to old work and you're like, ugh, this is There's horrible. How did I think this yeah. was good? Uh-huh. And then, you know, looking at then my freshman year work, there was, it was just leaps and bounds better um, because of that foundation that I got in school. Um, so then I guess over the course of four years, I dabbled in graphic design. I took a few graphic design classes and really, really loved that. Unexpectedly so. I always saw my sister as the graphic artist. Um, and because she had kind of always gravitated towards that. So that I kind of took to it like a fish to water was really surprising to me. So I, out of college was like, all right, I'm going to be a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. That's going to be my thing um, because that's really, that's where you can make money. That's in, where you can make money. In that's the kind of where the world. industry was headed. Right, definitely, you know. 100%. So I did that for several years, kind of part-time, did kind of the coffee shop job part-time, and then took small little commissions where I could. Um, my what, type parents, of, what type of work were you doing? Um, I was doing like brochure designs I actually did a lot of design work for the coffee shop that I worked for I worked oh, in Mount Adams totally makes sense so I moved to Cincinnati straight out of um, undergrad okay um, instantly fell in love with the city I love it here it's very pretty yeah <laughs> um, it is and so worked in Mount Adams at the Bowtie Cafe oh, did you uh, really? yeah I did oh my gosh. for probably two years um, I was like even like uh, whatever the assistant manager there it was okay. hilarious It was a lot of fun. (laughs) So I made a lot of labels for them, uh, a lot of flyers for them, kind of stretched my wings in the practical 
um, side and layout design type of stuff in the graphic design realm. I'm like rewinding in my <laughs> mind and trying to think back to years ago when I used to go to the Bowtie Cafe every mm-hmm. now and again and what I used to see from them and trying to figure out if it was you. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I made some solid flyers. I bet you did. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, so from there, I kind of, some of those projects just started to be started being pretty boring to me. <laughs> uh, I don't love making flyers okay. all the time. Good to know. You know, um, as exciting as flyer design is, <laughs> I really was gravitating towards logos and a little bit more illustrative types of projects um, and found that I did well in those projects Um, and then my art my fine arts background kind of lended a hand in those so I found that those projects were much more life-giving I guess much more fulfilling you got to be more creative somehow yeah a little bit Um, and so slowly I started taking on more of those types of projects and less of the layout design type of projects. Also, right out of college, I took an internship with a graphic designer in Lexington, and uh, it was all... Um, he was a really great guy. He, he wasn't ready to take on an employee. Got it. And Employees me, are hard. They are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Managing people is really difficult. Um, so he had me doing, like file organization okay. and um, and then if he did give me a project it was a really boring f- flyer type thing mm-hmm. um, for really corporate stuff very very boring to me um, so I had that experience and that was a fairly negative experience it was good to have uh, my first type kind of professional work there under my belt Um, Anyway, so now fast-forwarding to Cincinnati. Yeah, so taking more illustrative projects and then... Where were these projects coming from, from people you... A couple of them were coming from my parents. Some were coming from local people. A lot of the work that I was getting was through either directly for the cafe that Mm -hmm. I was working for or customers that would come into the cafe. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm a really big people person, um, and I make friends easily. So I would get to know the customers that would come in and then they would ask about you know what I did and so the conversations went from there um so I did a few logos and the big catalyst for it was so I had been in Cincinnati for a little under two years and then I got a a job offer in Indianapolis um as a administrative assistant at a, a small church um in like the suburbs of Indianapolis. Okay, yeah. And I was to be the graphic designer for the church and then also the administrative assistant, and I would do a little bookkeeping on the side. That was my understanding of the job, when in reality it was much more um, heavily focused on the bookkeeping and the administrative assistant work Mm -hmm. and was very much outside my wheelhouse. Very much the antithesis to who I am. I'm very much disorganized. (laughs) I am super forgetful. I should never be doing any kind of math in reality. Oh my god, honest. I hear you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, And so this job was all of that, Mm -hmm. and it was definitely an an oversight on my part to not truly look into that more fully. It was I was doing work for a friend. My a friend hired me. And so that job lasted five months. <laughs> and so I had moved to Indianapolis and everything. And 
Indianapolis and I did not get along. Oh. And there's nothing wrong with Indianapolis. I did not. I did not like it. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, and a lot of that was due to the work that I was doing. Right. It was really not fulfilling at all. Right. Um, there, I met a lot of wonderful people there, um, and I'm glad that it happened. I wouldn't change it for a moment because I learned a lot about myself, and I learned a lot about what I shouldn't be doing as a career, <laughs> should never, ever, ever be doing as a career. I think that can be just um, as helpful as figuring out what truly, you actually do want to do. It truly was. Um, yeah, so it was a really kind of a dark time for me, um, but really, really helpful and formative for me as a person. So I was in Indianapolis for a total of, I think, eight months or so. And then, um, so after I quit the job, I was like, you know, forget this. I know <laughs> that I want to be doing freelance illustration, not oh. just graphic design, but illustration. So you decided to go straight into the freelance world. Yes. You were like, screw this. Yeah. Working so for what, ha- what happened for during my, during my uh, time at the desk job, um, I was working then at night because I was so desperate to do creative work um, that I was like, okay, I I have to do something. So I had a couple of clients left over from Cincinnati um, that I was still doing, continuing to do work for. And then um, just a couple of projects came my way that were more illustrative based, just kind of out of the blue. Um, I was slowly starting to build an online portfolio, and so pe- people were kind of seeing my work. And I also had a little bit of time to be doing personal work because I just needed a creative outlet. Yeah. Um, so I was slowly building up this client base as I had this other day job. And so by the time I had quit the job, I had enough money, because I was making good money at the other, at the other job. I had enough money to kind of not take any jobs immediately, any other like quote real quote, jobs, real people jobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I could have a little bit of time to do freelancing and have a little bit of a pillow. Oh, nice. Um, from the other job, um, and whenever people ask me about you know should I do freelancing, you know when you know should I quit my day job, I I tend to tell them, don't quit your day job until you have enough of a pillow Mm -hmm. to have, like, six months, three to six months minimum um, to then be able to kind of test the waters in the freelance world. Testing the waters is so important. Yeah, it really is. Um, So I, I quit the job. I had enough work. And so from there, kind of hit the ground running doing full-time freelance and it worked for (laughs) some dang reason um how were people finding you at this point um I had made a a website and I had um done a couple of projects I had also a portfolio on Behance oh yeah which is an online portfolio Mm -hmm. from Adobe it's a uh yeah and then uh, employers can find you as well as other artists on there well, I just want to stress yeah. that having some sort of online presence is yes. extremely incredibly important, important people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If you say you want to do a thing, then you got to show people that you can do the thing Absolutely. that you say. And also, um, creating projects for yourself in the line of work that you want to do. Yes. If you want to be a book illustrator, you should take books that have maybe already been done, like classics, maybe not like 
Winnie the Pooh or, you know, like <laughs> ones that are known for their illustrations. If you want to be a book illustrator, you should take a book that you love and then create illustrations for it. Make the work for yourself and then put that online and then people will see, oh, this person can do this and they want to do this. And so maybe I'll hire them. Yeah, I, I think that's incredibly true. I was actually talking to... Um, my friend Jessie Cundiff, who's a stylist, and she was like, mm-hmm. you know, when I decided that styling was what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. I did a bunch of stuff for free, yeah, a bunch of different shoots, mm-hmm. just to show that I could do that. Absolutely. So that's extremely important. Again, if you want to do the thing, you got to actually do the thing. Just yeah. thinking about doing it is not going right. to get you anywhere. Yeah, and doing other work is not going to get you the jobs that you really want. Right. This episode of the Creative City Podcast comes from Cormier Creative. Cormier Creative specializes in modern, clever designs for businesses who value top-notch work by a professional designer. Whether you need a visual brand identity, a custom print project, product packaging, or social media graphics, owner and creative director Sarah Cormier is fun and easy to work with, putting her years of experience at high-end firms in New York, San Francisco, and Cincinnati to work by creating custom graphics and marketing collateral that appeals to your target consumers. Contact Cormier Creative today by visiting Cormier Creative, that's C-O-R-M-I-E-R creative.com. So that's a good segue into our listener question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have a question from a listener who is, in fact, a friend, uh, a young friend. Okay. And he says, I've loved drawing since I was little. I'm paraphrasing here. Sure. I've loved drawing since I was little. People tell me I'm really good at it. How do you become an illustrator without having fine arts training and maybe don't necessarily have access to an expensive program like Adobe Illustrator? Sure, sure. It is hard when you want to work digitally. I don't know what type of work he's wanting to do, he or she is wanting to do. Um, But even before you want to work digitally, you should work analog. You should. You're talking sketching here? I'm talking sketching. I'm talking go to the library. Like we're sitting in the library right now, you know. Um, Go to the library, um, pick out as many books as you can find. Find the illustrators that you are drawn to, copy their work. Hmm. You know, look at this is how this is actually how a lot of um, painters would work. They would work under a master and they would copy that master's work. They're not going to be then selling that work as their own. Right. You know, plagiarism and, you know, not good. Don't do it. We officially frown upon that. Yes. Nobody do that, please. <laughs> um, But for your own learning, you should really be looking at those people that you admire, copy what they're doing, leave it, and then your your brain will kind of meld all of your experiences and all of your other influences, Mm -hmm. and you slowly create kind of your own interpretation of the world. And then that, you know, that's your style. But having a foundation of good art is really important if you want to be doing illustration especially. 
So look, there are tons of good drawing books out there that will help with different techniques. Um, go to the zoo. Go to the museum. Museums around town. Yeah, so many. And yeah, there's tons. It's great. Um, what I love, I love sketching sculptures. Um, oh, I never thought about because that. Because they're like people that don't move. They don't move. Or animals that don't, whatever it's, whatever the subject is. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a three-dimensional object that then you can capture. Um, or, yeah, go and actually sketch the paintings and just learn from what is around you. Even, like, take whatever you're sitting, wherever you are in the room that you are, take the objects around you and sketch the objects. Learn to learning to look correctly um, is a big part of the artist's view. Yeah. Um, and then when you are translating it through all of your different whatever it is that's in your brain, um, and you're spitting it out, it's your artistic interpretation of it. Yeah, that, that's that's you. That's your gift to the world. Then, um, which is what I love about. Art. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Tay, so you heard it. Get the drawing. There we go. <laughs> go to the library, get some books, start yep. copying stuff. Yep. Get to work. Mm-hmm. Read, read, read. <laughs> so how would you describe your style then? It's probably, I don't know if whimsical is the right thing. I can see that. Tends to be a little bit more on the kid-ish side mm-hmm. of things. Is that that influence from your childhood coming back, 100%, you think? 100%, mm-hmm. definitely. And n- not that children's uh, illustration is any lower uh, than the rest of the illustration world. Cause no, of course I think not. It's That's silly. incredible. It's very important. It's influencing people's careers. That's right. Features, so That's clearly right, it's very important. People. <laughs> um, um, yeah, my style. I, I, I'm not sure... You'll have to look at my stuff, look at my portfolio, <laughs> AaronBarkerIllustration.com. Um, what kind of stuff yeah. do you like doing? I like I like drawing faces, and I think a you lot do? of artists do. Yeah, I love doing faces. Faces are so hard. They are hard. They're really hard. But when you have your own style that you're working within and a, a style that you're comfortable with, I love drawing faces in the style that I have created for myself. Yeah. Um, I love doing kind of organic stuff. I did a little series of plants and herbs and fruit like several years ago. But um, yeah, I also love drawing stuff from pop culture. I'm a really big movie and TV person. Um, Netflix is my best friend. Yeah, I love Netflix. Um, Stranger Things is my new new favorite show. Um, Yeah, so I love drawing stuff from shows. Okay. Um, Every year. That could be fun. Yeah, every year my sister and my brother-in-law and I, we all watch, uh, and a couple of our college friends, we all watch Lord of the Rings together. Oh, gosh. As, like, a marathon. <laughs> uh-huh. So we'll take one day and we watch Fellowship, and the next day we watch Two Towers, and the next day we watch Return of the King, um, usually over Easter. Um, and I will sketch through the whole... Well, we all know the movie so well. Right, we're you all don't have to pay that and, much attention. You know, talking to the characters, talking about the characters, making fun of them, because... Out of love, of course. Of course. Um, so, yeah, I, I sketch while I'm watching TV. Um, I do my own interpretations of the characters. <laughs> um, that's a lot of fun for me. I really want to see an Aaron Barker version of a Lord of the Rings character. 
uh, my Instagram. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go back. Yeah, it's like way down there yeah. from last year. Scroll but, back. Yeah. Actually, speaking of your Instagram, so what is Hooray Lorraine? Yeah, so Hooray Lorraine is um, my middle name. My middle name is Lorraine. Okay. And All right. I, I don't know. It, I made it up <laughs> in college. <laughs> High school, maybe. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I've stuck with it for all these years. But, yeah, I just thought it was, oh, that kind of sounds cool. No, it does. That's why I was like, where did that? Is that a grandmother's? I didn't. Well, it's it's a family name. Is it? My my great-grandmother's first name was Lorraine. Okay. And then my grandmother's middle name is Lorraine. My mom's middle name is Lorraine. And my middle name is Lorraine. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking if I have a daughter someday... Maybe I'll bring it back to the first name. Yeah, there'll be a Lorraine in there somewhere. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's a pretty intense name. But you can have like cute nicknames like yeah, Lori and Lori. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. But then you also have those like Mad TV sketches. I don't know if you remember. Um, like Lorraine is the woman who goes to the buffet. Oh God! And does like oh, <laughs> she does this awful laugh. She's so funny. So we'll we'll hope that time has passed by the time your yes, daughter comes that would to be. be. Great. <laughs> well, nobody will remember that hopefully by then. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, in addition to Instagram, where else can people find you online and in real life? So I have a Behance page. Um, so if you just search Aaron Barker, uh, and then my website is AaronBarkerIllustration.com, and then I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Hooray Lorraine. Okay, awesome. So, yeah, and that's two O's with Hooray. And then L O R R A I N E. Yeah, I. No, it's not a weird spelling. It's how it's supposed to be spelled. But people get confused with double letters. It's like when I see Cincinnati with two T's, and I'm like, guys. Yeah, like which one is double? It took me a solid three to six months to get the spelling of Cincinnati right. Girl, (laughs) autocorrect is your friend. I know, seriously. Sometimes, in this case. Not always. (laughs) Okay, well, I was going to say that I was really happy to have you down here today. Thanks for chatting. Uh, If you want to find more episodes of the Creative City Podcast, you can head to creativecitypodcast.com. Be sure to sign up for the mailing list so you don't miss anything. You can find me on the interwebs at The Style Sample on Twitter, Instagram, and every now and again, Snapchat. (laughs) And I hope to see you back here for the next next episode. Thanks, Erin. Thanks a lot. Bye.